Words of consideration for our sermon this morning come from the words of 1 John chapter 3. You can find them in your worship folder on the screens or on page 1740 in your pew Bibles. Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. This is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in His presence. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts, and He knows everything. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from Him anything we ask because we keep His commands and do what pleases Him. And this is His command, to believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as He commanded us. The one who keeps God's commands lives in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the Spirit he gives us. This is the word of our God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. There's a Christian motivational speaker out there called Louis Giglio. Perhaps you've heard of him before. I ran across him about 10 years ago when I watched one of his motivational speeches on how great is our God. And in that speech, he describes the vastness of the universe that God has made. And he kind of says, if the earth were a golf ball, that was kind of his his tagline. So if the earth were the size of a golf ball, he compared the size of the earth to the size of the sun. And he said that if the earth were a golf ball, you could fit 960,000 golf balls into the sun. So 960,000 earths could fit into the sun. So almost 1 million earths. Now, just in case you wanted to see how many golf balls that would end up being, that would be about as many golf balls as would fill a school bus full of golf balls. So that's how much bigger the sun is than the earth. And then Louis Giggly goes on to proceed to to share the biggest star that scientists have found. The biggest star called Canis Majoris. And if the earth were a golf ball, Canis Majoris would be the height of Mount Everest. That is how big one single star is, and it could fit seven quadrillion Earths inside of it. Since most people don't have any idea how big seven quadrillion is, that would be enough golf balls, the Earth were a golf ball, to fill the entire state of Texas, 22 inches deep. So not just one on top of another, 22 inches deep. That is how many Earths could fit inside one single star, let alone the the vastness of space. Now, before I saw that, I knew that the universe was a big place. But getting that in concrete numbers, like if the earth were a golf ball and, and so on and so forth, that just blew my mind. And then what blows my mind even further is when it says in Psalm 33 this, by the word of the Lord were the heavens made. Their starry hosts by the breath of his mouth. Our Lord and God breathed out all of those stars. 
And the point that Louis Giglio is making is that sometimes sin has a way of shrinking God down and has a way of puffing ourselves up. And that sometimes we need someone or something to be able to put us in our place, to remind us how truly insignificant and truly small we are, not only on this big planet of ours, but even in the vastness of the universe. And even though the greatness of God is evident throughout the Scriptures, sometimes even Christians can be guilty of forgetting about that greatness or forgetting how great our God is. This happens when the worries in our life, problems in our country or this world, start to seem bigger than God and our problems are greater than God. This happens when we give in to sinful temptations instead of resisting them. Those sinful temptations become greater than God. This happens when my feelings, I trust more than God or what God has said in His Word. Then my feelings become greater than God. But as we turn back to the letter that we call 1 John, John reminds us exactly how great our God is and how much we need Him. That our God is greater than our problems. Our God is greater than our temptations. He is greater than our feelings. Because we do have a great God. And the reason that our God is greater is because His love is greater. If you have your pew Bibles open yet on page 1740, you can back up to verse 16, and this describes what that love truly is. It comes two verses before what I just read. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down His life for us. This is God's definition of love. This is the definition that if you were to look in a dictionary should be there. Jesus Christ laying down His life for us. This love is the foundation, it's the collateral, it's the reason that our God is greater. And this love of God causes a change in Christians. We heard about that in our first lesson from Daniel chapter 3. Actually, we heard about that, but um, we heard about that in our gospel reading, where Jesus is calling himself the true vine, the life-giving vine, and that when we as branches are connected to that vine, then we too have life. When we're separated from that vine, we don't have life. When we're connected, we do. And yet that life is not just evident within us. It's not stale or stagnant. It doesn't come just when we come into worship on a Sunday morning. But it's active and evident in words and actions and truth. God is greater. We saw how that action was displayed in our first lesson from Daniel chapter 3 when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to bow down to a statue that Nebuchadnezzar had made. They loved God. And they trusted that God was greater, even though they didn't know for sure 
if he would save them. Now, chances are we may never be put into the exact same situation as Shadrach, Meshach, or Abednego. But like Alex mentioned in his essay, we will be put in situations in our life that that we can show the love of God in our words and in our actions. We can show how great our God is. We can show how great He is by the situations that come into our life and how we respond to them. Are we going to freak out over those situations or be reminded that our God is greater? This is what John is talking about when he says, this is how we know we belong to the truth. Now we set our hearts at rest in his presence. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts. He knows everything. For many of us, not all of us, we can confess not only that we are sinners, but we can confess to specific sins. We know some of the sins that we have committed. Maybe nobody else does, but we know them. We know the specific sins and temptations that we are weak towards. We know when we have not always taken the words and actions of our brothers and sisters in the kindest possible way. We know that getting angry at the kids that one time or cursing and swearing probably wasn't the right thing to do. We know gossiping behind someone's back wasn't good. There are plenty of those things that we know that we don't act like a Christian in. And the devil loves nothing more than to be able to take those sins, be able to take those weaknesses, take those temptations and set them before our eyes and say, how dare you call yourself a Christian? How can you call yourself a Christian based on what you have done, based on what you said, based on what you have even thought? You don't deserve God's love. And sometimes our consciences can even start to bear this out as well. We say, you know what, I don't. I don't deserve God's love. What John is saying, when our hearts condemn us, When the devil condemns us, when our conscience condemns us, what does he say? We know that God is greater than our hearts. And he knows everything. Yes, God knows our sins. He knows our weaknesses. He knows the times when we have deviated from his plan of perfect holiness. He knows that far better than we know it ourselves. But he also knows something else. He also knows that He has taken care of that. With the love He has shown in Christ, it is Christ who laid down His life to quiet our condemning heart. God is greater than our sins. He's taken care of those sins. And so when the devil holds those sins up before you and says, how dare you call yourself a Christian, you can say, you are absolutely right. I don't deserve to be called a Christian because of what I've said, thought, and done. But it isn't up to me. It's up to God. God is greater than those sins, and He has already forgiven them in Christ. So we need to act more like our sins are not greater than God, as if God couldn't take care of them. For God is greater, and He has already taken care of them. But this also doesn't mean that we take our sins lightly. 
or frivolously. Yes, God has paid the punishment for them, but that doesn't mean my sins are insignificant. That doesn't mean I want to go on sinning so that grace may increase. It's this licentious attitude that John was speaking against in 1 John. It's this licentious attitude that he warns against today. The attitude that my sins don't matter so I can go on living the way that I want. Because not only is God greater than my sins, God is also greater than my weaknesses. God knows that we are weak. God knows that we are sinful. God knows when those temptations come alluring and how many times we fall prey to them. But that's also why God says, ask me for help. Maybe it's time for some introspection. When was the last time we asked God for help? Not just in a a general help me God type of a way, but help for a specific problem, specific situation, specific temptation. For some of you, maybe this is a regular habit of yours. Praying to God in the morning or evening or whenever that might be. Praying to God that He might give you the strength, the patience to overcome whatever you may be facing. That's great. Maybe for some of you, it's only on occasion when, when something really tough comes into your life that you say, God, can you really help me with this? Maybe for others, it's a foreign concept to ask God for help. You almost feel selfish in asking God for help as if I'm the one who got myself into this mess so I need to be the one to get out of it. And while that may be the case with a lot of human problems that we cause for ourselves, that is not the case with our sins. Our sins and our weaknesses are not something that we can get out of on our own. Why John says, if our hearts don't condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from Him anything we ask. Now, John's not talking about asking for a million dollars. He's not talking about asking for that brand new Ferrari. But when we follow God, we ask for the things of God and what God wants us to ask for. We will ask for patience to see us through a tough time. We'll ask for strength to overcome a particular temptation. We will ask for help in our weaknesses. You know what? God is greater than those weaknesses. Just as God is greater than your sins, He is greater than your weaknesses, and He can and does help us overcome weakness and temptation. But just as God is greater than our sins, and how that doesn't mean that we should just keep on sinning as much as we want, so it is the same with our weaknesses. We should not ask God for help in our weaknesses and then go straight to the, what we know we are weak in. That would be like the alcoholic going into a bar and saying, God, help me not to drink too much. You're just asking for trouble. So it is with our sins, with our temptations. Like I said, we know where we are weak. We know where we have sinned before. So we can do everything in our power to try and avoid those situations. We can do everything in our power to to bring in loved ones, those whom we trust, to be able to hold us accountable. Because there are far too many sins that the devil throws in our life without us adding to them by putting us in compromising situations. But there may be also some times, particularly when a sin 
is a habit and an addiction. That even when we've asked God, even when we've sought the help of others, even when we've avoided compromising and tempting situations, that we will still fall prey to those same sins. That doesn't mean that God is not greater than our weaknesses. But it does show just how weak we are. And it gives us an opportunity to be able to go before God on our knees, be able to ask Him for forgiveness we know that we don't deserve. And to hear those wonderful words, your sins are indeed forgiven. Our God truly is a great God. He is a God that is on the one hand perfectly just and holy without sin. But He is a God who is also perfectly gracious and forgiving. Yes, He is a God who hates our sins and hates every time that we sin. But God is greater than those sins. God is greater because He sent Jesus to overcome those sins He hates. God is also greater than our weaknesses and He gives us strength to overcome them. He gives us strength to get up when we fall. No matter where you are in life, whether you're being confirmed today or were confirmed 50 years ago, whether you are young or old, whether you're raising children or are single, whether you have many troubles or few troubles, God is greater. May you rest in that comforting truth. Amen. Now may He who began a good work in you carry it out to completion on the day of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.